This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Dare to Self Care. I'm Jen, lifestyle YouTuber and your host of this podcast, where we dive deep with insightful guests to find out how self care has played a role in their success. Welcome to our community. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our community. It's Jen. I hope that this episode inspires you as much as it inspired me, which is actually what was in alignment for me this week. So let's just hop right in. I hope everyone had an amazing week. I hope that this next week is filled with whatever intention you set for this week, which we can do right now. Let's talk about what was in alignment for us and out of alignment for us this past week. And as always, you guys reflect on your weeks as well. So for me this week, it was actually... I recorded this episode with Matt this past week and it inspired me to get back into not just mindful practices but specifically journaling because I feel like I've been so focused and it was literally I've been talking about how it's out of alignment for me for the past few months I feel like I've been so focused on the fact that I'm not doing as much you know kundalini breath work or as intense of kundalini longer form breath work as I was doing like during quarantine or or before I was you know working and out and about and I've just been so focused on dwelling on the fact that I'm not doing that anymore that I I realized that I sort of lost touch with any mindful practice I just like eliminated everything I've been doing the five minute journal if you watch my YouTube channel you know I've been consistent with it for over three years basically every single day unless I'm like you know out with my friends for a weekend or a trip or something but I've been super consistent with that and I realized that I have not written in it in the past month and I just realized I let go of all of these mindful practices because of the one thing that I felt like I didn't have the time or energy for. So what this episode taught me and you'll hear, you know, I I spoke about this towards the end of the episode, Matt gave me this advice which was, he basically said it's important to select a new tool that will easily integrate into my life. So Something that's much easier to integrate into my current lifestyle, but just as effective. So kundalini and, you know, a longer form meditation every morning was great for for that point in my life and my lifestyle. And now I have a different lifestyle and it's okay to find other things that fit in. So I realized, why did I let go of the five-minute journal? Like that's such a simple, quick thing that I can do to check in every single day. And I think this episode just reminded me not only how important it is to be mindful and check in and why that's so important, but also the importance of finding something that does fit into your lifestyle and it doesn't have to be the same thing all the time. So I'm just happy I'm prioritizing checking in in ways that fit into my new schedule instead of dwelling on my old wellness routine because let's face it, as New York opens up, as things hopefully, fingers crossed, are getting back to normal, things are becoming faster and quicker and I'm more on the go and I'm out and about and I'm not going to have the extensive wellness meditation routine that I did during that beautiful time of slowing down. 
So it was out of alignment for me this week. I would say I feel like I've been doing too many HIIT workouts. I'm missing like my slower Pilates toning workout. Sometimes I feel like high intensity interval training drains my energy instead of fueling it. And then also the apartment hunt in New York City. If you did not watch my vlog with Ethan, go head over to my YouTube channel, Jen Lauren. I vlogged us looking around for apartments for a day and oh, there's just, there's nothing out there. Anything that's good gets taken in two seconds or the price gets, you know, we saw one place for $29.95. We loved it. We got there. Eight applications were already in, so they upped the price to $3,500. That's $600 more a month. So other than that, we've just been seeing really shitty places, like truly awful for a really expensive price. And we're just trying to stay positive and excited, but it's really, we're trying to also come up with solutions. Like maybe I try to get an extension on my lease so that I can stay here a few months and we can find a place when it's not as crazy of a time. Everyone's coming back into the city. Prices are hiking up. It's just there's no inventory anymore. It's really a wild, wild experience out there. But we're still so excited to be moving in together. So we're trying to just focus on that. But as we get closer to September 1st, it's kind of hard to avoid, you know, getting upset that every place we look at is crap. But We are going to breathe in what was in alignment for us this week and exhale everything that was out of alignment for us this week. (sighs) Okay. Our guest this week is a psychologist, an entrepreneur, a podcaster, and a well-being tech founder at Boom Journal, an app for mindful journaling. His mission, well, his name is Matt West. I don't even think I said that yet. Matt West's, his mission is to empower you to experience inner peace, prosperity, and joy. He believes life and business are rooted in the relationship we build together and our ability to manage our emotions, which we talk a lot about in this episode. He aims to help you feel empowered, live freely and authentically, thrive in your relationships with yourself and others, and uncover meaningful work in your life and business. So some topics we covered were how you can actually change your mindset, some tangible ways to change your mindset, how to build self-awareness, how to confront difficult emotions and train your mind to have healthier habits and reactions when those uncomfortable emotions come up. He defines what mindfulness is, also what mindset even is. We talk about, again, managing those unhealthy and uncomfortable emotions, the power of staying present, also finding the balance of staying present, but also working through past traumas. And then I also asked him at the end, I wanted to get his thoughts on those, you know, more spiritual topics like manifestation and surrendering from more of a neuroscience perspective because he takes a very science-based approach and psychological approach to talking about mindfulness. So I'm so glad to have someone on who can bring such tangible, incredible advice. And also he's he makes the topic of mindfulness and changing your mindset so approachable and so easily understandable to the everyday person. So if you sort of hear these buzzwords all the time of mindfulness and journaling and, you know, inner peace, he really breaks it down and allowed me to understand or re, you know, rediscover the importance of it and how it actually can help change your life. And obviously, like I said before, he re-inspired me to get back into journaling and any little mindful practice that I can do to check in with myself that does fit into my lifestyle because Just because it can't do, you know, the whole nine yards doesn't mean it's not still so important to be able to check in. And we will talk all about that in this episode. So 
I would love to get some more podcast reviews. If you have not written one yet, they'd absolutely make my day. And other than that, enjoy the episode. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Jen. How are you? I am great today. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Okay, good. Of course. I'm so excited to have you here. I think it is such good timing because I know mindfulness was definitely like a buzzword of the pandemic and like everyone had time to sort of slow down and start to meditate. And now we're at this weird, especially where I am in New York City, it's like things are back open and it's the city and everyone's like has all these summer plans and it's going back to the office and it, I really want to dive into like how we can stay mindful and what mindfulness really means as we sort of transition into this new phase of life. So I'm really excited to chat with you today. Yeah, I'm super excited to share today as well. Okay, cool. Well, we have to start every episode with your top self-care tip that has played a role in your success. So two things is writing down my thoughts using all five of my senses. And then right after I do some type of movement. For me, it's always been high intensity interval training. But if I'm not able to do a 15 minute quick workout, I usually just do something as simple as walking. So what do you mean by using all your five senses? Are you writing exactly what you're seeing, hearing, smelling? Or can you dive into that a bit? Yeah. No, absolutely. So what it is, is like when we are writing down our thoughts because a lot oftentimes we have all these racing thoughts. We have like 90,000 thoughts that run through our mind every single day and we don't have a space to put them. And what I do is I take it a step further than simply just writing them down, but I'm very, very descriptive as I am writing it down. So if I'm writing down what I'm grateful for, I, I really am descriptive about where I'm at, what I'm hearing, what I'm feeling, all the senses. So that way you start to train your mind because that's the key is to train your mind to build that mental muscle. So it's really about building that mental and emotional strength every single day. And the more you train it, just like a muscle on your body, like your biceps or your triceps, your, your mind is a muscle. Your brain needs to train. So that's why I use all five senses every single day as I'm writing down what I'm grateful for, the things that I'm going to be doing that day, very intentional about those things. That's really interesting because I've never really heard it put quite that way. I've never heard like bringing your senses into it. And when you say you're training your mind, are you training your mind to be present, to slow down? Like what exactly is that training your mind to do? Yeah, that's a great question. So what you're essentially doing doing is you're training your mind to have healthy thinking patterns, right? Because mindfulness is just simply a habit. So what you're essentially doing when you're writing down those thoughts is you're changing the pattern of those unhealthy, unwanted, either they're strong emotions like fear, pain, anger, resentment, and you want to shift them to more healthy thinking patterns like joy and being able to 
bring that to the present moment and through writing, you're able to bring that to the present moment, which is mindfulness. So it's really about really shifting those thinking patterns from unhealthy to healthy. Just like eating certain foods, we know certain foods are unhealthy for us, right? But it's okay to have them from time to time. But if you consistently are eating unhealthy foods, your body's going to show that you're eating unhealthy, right? Your, your energy is going to show that you're eating unhealthy. Same goes with what you are feeding your mind, right? When you're feeding your mind unhealthy thoughts, whether that's frustration, fear, and you repetitively do that over and over and over again, you start to develop unhealthy habits of thinking. And whatever you think about, you're going to feel. So that's why the emotion is connected to how you're thinking. And it goes hand in hand. Whatever you think you're going to feel and whatever you feel you're going to do and whatever you're going to do, you're going to act. Yeah, so let's dive into this actually because something I wanted to talk to you about was how to change your mindset because I, you know, I'll post a graphic that's like mindset is everything and your mindset is your reality and it's like okay, but but how? And like how can I, you know, kind of notice when there's a negative mindset or when I'm seeing things from a negative perspective or like a lack um, a lack mindset rather than an abundance mindset. Like how can we pinpoint where we're feeling that way or where we have those mindsets in our life that are unhealthy and then how can we like you're saying train our minds to view things differently yeah absolutely and it's important to know what is mindset because i know that's like another buzzword right but we all have different ways of perceiving the world and that's essentially what our mindset is and a lot of our values and beliefs are source from when we were growing up, like our upbringing, right? So even with me, like I had a certain mindset as I was growing up that I adopted from my family, from my friends that I was constantly around and you just start to see the world through this lens. And that is your mindset. So if you have a mindset that is in alignment to your values and beliefs, that's where you start. It's really checking where your values and beliefs align. And when you're able to understand what you truly value and what your beliefs are, then you can start to take small, actionable steps towards whatever mindset that is for you, right? Because we all value and we all have different beliefs and there's no wrong or right way to do it. I think um, a lot of times we look at mindset as something that either you have to do it this way or it has to be a certain way, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a certain way or it doesn't have to be adopted based on the mindset of someone else, like a successful person or someone that is wealthy. They have a wealthy mindset or abundance mindset. We always put these adjectives in front of mindset, but it's important to really understand your own values, your own beliefs and start from there and then start to build towards what type of mindset you want to adopt, especially if you're not really sure like what your mindset is. It's really being aware of that. And that starts with self-awareness. So self-awareness is important because self-awareness allows you to really understand yourself. And once you start to understand yourself, you can start to understand others. Does, Does that make sense? 
That makes complete sense. So to take it a step further, how can we become more self-aware? What are some practices we can do to figure ourselves out? Because I feel like you talk a lot about journaling. I think one way can also be therapy. So like what are some, you know, what's like a first step for someone who's like, I have, I'm not self-aware. I don't understand the thoughts in my head. I don't understand my viewpoints on life. How can, where can we start? No, absolutely. And what I would suggest to anybody that's really not aware of them in, in totality is really start with your values. Like, what do you truly value? And oftentimes we'll, we'll have thoughts of, well, I value this, I value that. But I would encourage people to take it a step further and write down a list of things that you truly value, a list of things that you truly believe in. Like, what do you truly believe in? What do you truly value? And when you do that, be very, very descriptive. Like, I value friendship. That's very basic, right? But take it even a step further and say, what type of friendships do you value? What do you value about those friendships, right? And what do you want those friendships to look like? Why do you value them? So that way it's very descriptive. And the, the more you do this, the more you practice, the more you cultivate what you value, that essentially is bringing self-awareness to who you are at the core, right? And our values and beliefs are constantly changing. So it's important that we constantly are checking in with, okay, where am I at in life? Like, my values and beliefs are much different than what they were five years ago, right? And when we look in the past, oftentimes we look at regrets or mistakes that we've made. And if we're doing that, it's really important to learn from those, learn from those and use them as opportunities to learn and grow. And when you're able to pull from the past and really evaluate your values and beliefs, that is where you start to bring your awareness to the present moment and use that as an opportunity to build the habit of self-awareness, right? And even if we're looking at things in the future and we're, we're constantly worried about how that's going to look like or things that are outside of our control, when we draw back to our values and beliefs, it brings us centered, right? It brings us centered to the present moment and allows us to be grateful for what we have and start to build towards the future that we want. I love this because I think it it sheds a lot of light on the importance of these mindful practices because I think a lot of people who maybe haven't gotten involved in calming down, slowing down, meditative mindful practices, they're like, all right, I don't care about any of that. Like, I just want to live my life. And I think this sheds light on well, it creates self-awareness. Checking in allows you to intuitively understand yourself. And then all of that affects your mindset and your mindset affects how you're going about everyday life and how you're experiencing life. So I think that's really, you know, it comes full circle and shedding light on the importance of checking in. And you started talking about, you know, how our past experiences, how we can learn from them. I want to ask you, when it comes to traumatic experiences, when it comes to negative life experiences, how can we learn and grow from them or at least not dwell on them without like suppressing them? 
you know, because I know there's like, I want to get into sort of like the power of staying present, but it's also like, how can we make sure that we're healing from our traumas and finding where we can learn from them to grow and to not allow it to affect our mindset and heal rather than like suppressing it completely and then that affecting our mindset in turn, if that makes sense. No, that that makes a lot of sense because oftentimes what really happens is we distract ourselves, right? When we're we're confronted with difficult emotions, unhealthy emotions, and they're going to come up. We're all faced with challenges. We're going to be triggered by a person, a place, a thing. There's going to be something that triggers us that takes us back to whatever traumatic experience we had, right? And when when that happens, we often want to fix it quickly, right? And we live in a world where everything is instant. Like we can get our food instantly. We can, we can even date someone instantly. Everything is like instant. So we want like a quick fix. And the challenge with mindfulness is not only does it force us to slow down and this pandemic is something that really forced us to slow down. Right. But it not only does that as it also requires to be consistent with our ability to be present in the moment. And we want to do the easiest thing. And and that's natural. Like our brain gravitates towards, let's fix it. This is pain. Let's fix it. Right. And when we're aware and a lot of the the buzzwords is like conscious, when we're aware or self-awareness is thinking about how we think. That's essentially what it is, thinking about how we think. So when we have a thought of the past and it's a painful thought, when we're able to sit with that feeling and really sit with it and not distract ourselves with food or alcohol or drugs or anything like that, the more we're able to sit with it and be able to be okay, like, this is a this is a feeling that I'm uncomfortable with, and we're able to sit with it, just like the pain when we're if we're, if we're doing a strenuous workout, and you're able to get through the pain that lasts like three or four sets. That's the same thing. You're building that muscle, and the more you do that, the more you're able to manage those strong emotions, not get rid of it, because that's what we often do, right? We try to get rid of any uncomfortableness, but it's really about managing those uncomfortable moments. And the more you're able to do that, the stronger you are going to be. And you're able to manage life in general, because life is going to, there's going to be things that are going to come up in addition to things in the past, right? You're going to be faced with many, many challenges. And I'm speaking from personal experience. Like I have been faced with a lot of challenges But the more I'm able to really sit with those emotions, the stronger I'm able to handle and manage those strong emotions. So how do you go about managing your emotions? I know I keep like challenging. I'm like taking it a step further, but like, can we define like, what does it mean to sit with and manage your emotions? Is it literally just sitting there? Is it journaling on them? Is it challenging yourself to not suppress or go for you know, the addictive behavior. Is that what you're saying? Well, there's, there's a lot of tools, like there's yoga, there's meditation, there's mindful journaling, there's working out, 
there's different tools, right? And it's really, it's important to really select a tool that you enjoy doing. So for me, I actually enjoy the writing process because I not only saw the benefit, but it was something that was effective and easy to do. So if it's, if it's yoga for you, then do yoga because those tools allow you to bring your awareness to the present moment. And that's the key when you're going through these strong emotions that surface. And that is a replacement. So the key is to replace the unhealthy habits, whether that's eating food when you're, you're stressed out and you, you start to overeat, right? Or you are drinking or you're smoking and it starts to impact other areas in your life, your relationships, and that becomes your go-to opposed to being able to have a healthy habit of meditation or yoga. And if that's not your thing, then it's important to select something that's a, in a replacement to those unhealthy. And that's, that really is a part of self-awareness too, is knowing that anytime that I am feeling frustrated or irritated, I notice that I want to go hang out with friends and then I end up drinking too much. And then that becomes my pattern every, every week. And now it's every other day I'm drinking. So it's being aware of, okay, what is it that I always go to when I'm feeling these strong, unhealthy emotions and really being able to identify that and be honest and be honest with yourself. And then you can start to take small actionable steps to replace those unhealthy habits with more healthy habits, right? Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And what are your thoughts on, because I know we're talking about coming up with healthier habits instead of the unhealthy habits when you are faced with your traumas or triggers or just negative emotions. Mm -hmm. But then also we talk about the power of staying present you know, like turning to yoga to be in the present moment. But then you could argue, we also have to work through our past traumas. So so sort of where do you find the balance between like staying present? And I guess what is the power of staying present rather than working through your past emotions? Because some people will argue, you know, working through your past is just a waste of time. Or, you know, like stay present, that's a waste of time, let's move forward. And then others would argue it it allows you to understand your emotions and work through it to then move forward. So what are your thoughts on that? No, and that that's a good point too. And it's really individualized, right? Because right. there's there's a lot of maybe hard to deal with things. Like there's certain things like you yoga is not going to fix whatever traumatic experience you went through. So it's important that you enjoy whatever tool you're selecting, right? But you're going to have to be able to manage those unhealthy emotions. You're going to have to manage that. And there's no direct answer to how to manage because it's not generalize, right? Everybody has their own experiences in life, but we all have the ability to reprogram our mind because oftentimes 
that traumatic experience not only affects our mind, but it affects our body. And it could affect our body in ways that we're not even aware of, right? So it's, it's really knowing that you have to be stronger or knowing that you are stronger than any emotion that comes up. And we often don't think that we are strong enough so it's much easier to distract ourselves, right? So telling someone you should just try the yoga or you try this, it's more important to have self-compassion and it's it's also important to have compassion for others, right? So you are you don't have to have the answer at all times. It's okay not to know. It's okay to not do yoga that day or it's okay not to know how do i fix this right and that's why i i emphasize to really start small to really start small because even with me like i had unhealthy thoughts i had unhealthy habits that i wasn't even aware that i was doing and i always had a passion for psychology i always studied like why we do certain things i always was fascinated about this and even knowing that our mind is very powerful and it 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 can impact how we feel i fell into unhealthy habits and i was triggered by certain events and i had unresolved healing that i needed to do so Everybody is at a different journey in life and that's okay. It is okay. And knowing that and telling yourself that is very vital. It's okay. Like if you just woke up and you're grateful for waking up and that's it, it's okay. Like you don't have to jump from being in a situation where you are not able to manage any emotions that come up to i am amazing at this i could do this i can i know how to do this easily with yoga and things like that right and it, it's 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 okay so and and i always emphasize that all the emotions are valid every emotion that we feel is valid there's no wrong or right emotion and i think oftentimes we hear why don't you do this or What's wrong with you? Get it together. Why don't you, have you tried this? And when we're speaking to people, it's important to have compassion for their situation because we don't know what they're dealing with, right? And having compassion really starts with just saying it in a certain way, like that must have been really difficult for you. And that's it. Like it could be that simple. That must have been really difficult for you. And not always jump to trying to find a solution, right? Yeah, it reminds me of this graphic I saw recently, which was like, you don't, it was a graphic of grief. Grief was like a symbol. And then there's a bubble around it. And the bubble just gets bigger and bigger around it. And the whole point was, you don't grow out of grief, you grow around grief, and you grow with grief. So it's like, we don't always have to work through and solve something a trauma isn't necessarily going to be solved but like you're saying 
we find management tools and we grow around it and we grow from it. It doesn't mean that that thing is going to go away. So I really love the emphasis on management because I don't think that word is necessarily like a buzzword or used when it comes to mindfulness practices, but it's true. All of these things are management tools to ensure that we're still living our healthiest, happiest life while we're here. No, hundred percent. And that's, that's what we hear. We hear the end result, like just right. do this. Like if you do yoga all the time, you're going to live healthy and happy and everything's going to be fixed. Right. And moving away from this need to fix somebody and really focusing on how can we manage those emotions so that way we can live life without suffering right free from right. suffering and it really it really separates that need to fix and focus on how can we manage this right and that way people can start to just live without this need to, to do something about it. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It goes back to what you were saying in the beginning about training your mind. And I feel like now that we've, you know, been diving way deeper into it, it's like, how can we train our minds to get out of that almost suffering mindset too? And how can we train our minds to go for the healthier habits when we do feel suffering or pain? And so now that idea of training your mind makes a lot more sense to me. I feel like it's come full circle. So I want to talk about this is this is like mindset talk, but then I know you also say that there's a difference between mindset and mindfulness. So we defined mindset. Can we define the other buzzword, which is mindfulness? Yeah, absolutely. So mindset and mindfulness kind of goes hand in hand. So mindset is how we perceive the world. And mindfulness is our ability to bring our thoughts to the present moment, to the present moment. You mentioned, or you have mentioned in your, just like on social media and me following you, you talk about mindful movement and you put the word mindful in front of a lot of words. And I mean, I personally understand the idea of mindful movement, but you also talk about mindful productivity and I have no idea what that means. And anyone who listens knows I love productivity. So I would love for you to tell us about that. So mindful productivity is being very mindful of what you're doing, right? And what I mean by that is oftentimes we will create like a to-do list and we'll have this list and we want to get certain things done, but we're not really mindful of what is bringing us joy right? Connecting the thoughts to how we feel is more important because what we feel is going to drive us to want to do more of it. So that way we start to move to flow and it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like I have to get this done. And just knowing that you have certain things on your list is not mindful, right? It's being able to connect those thoughts of what is going on in the present and how it's making you feel in the moment is what mindful productivity is because then it, it doesn't become something you're you have to do it's something that you get to do so it's a shift to making sure that whatever you're thinking about on that list is a is joyful is is something you you want to do it's it's something that 
elicit some type of emotion or it could be the opposite. It could be like every time I do this thing on the list, I get frustrated. I get irritated. So let's let's remove that. Right. Let's remove that out of our list of things to do. And of course, there's things that we we have to get done. Right. It's, it's whether it's a part of our job. But knowing that, OK, when I get when I have to do this, it's a source of frustration or when I have to connect with this person, it's a source of frustration. So knowing this, you can start to shift on how you approach it. Because it's not about the situation. It's more about your your response to that situation, right? So that's what mindful productivity is about, is really understanding those things that you need to get done, the thoughts that are connected to how you feel, and being able to respond in a more, in a more productive way, in a more positive way, is the key ultimately. That's so interesting. Like I've never even thought to, you know, journal or think about all the things on my to-do list and how I can approach them in a healthier way or how I can understand like, oh, it's that thing that makes me so anxious or feel so, you know, dreadful of going to work the next day. And then like, how can we either shift our mindset? How can we maybe talk to our boss about handing that thing off to someone else? You know, it's just being... It's, it's the power of checking in with yourself to just understand what's going on. It all goes back to self-awareness. No, 100%. That's the response. Like, how are you going to respond to it, right? Because oftentimes, what is irritating, frustrating, what causes us a source of anxiety, worry, or stress, we're not even aware of it. We just kind of go through the day, and then our thoughts and what we speak are the ones that are driving it and we are still not aware of it. So we may, oh, I hate that person. Or you start to complain, you start to blame others. Like had that person did this, then I wouldn't have did this. And then it becomes a cycle. And what you're not, when, when you're not aware of this pattern of what you're speaking out or what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, you're literally are training your mind to have those unhealthy, unwanted emotions right and then what happens is that becomes your default that becomes your default because you're not even aware that that is what's causing you your irritation your worry your stress your anxiety but when you can start to bring that to your awareness and that's why i use mindful journaling because it allows me to bring those things to the forefront and i can actually see it and then I, I go it a step further. I do it, go a step further and, and I'm able to use all five senses. So now my mind is really attracted to that piece of it, right? Whatever that source is. And then I can respond better. So it's really about not trying to get to an outcome or a result, but how can I respond to whatever life is going to bring me? Because we can't control life. There's nobody that's going to know what's going to happen tomorrow, let alone five minutes from now. Like our, this computer can shut down right now, right? And we, <laughs> how, how we're going to respond is more important than than all of the emotions or frustration that could, could surface. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, it does. And it's it's kind of like that practice of ever since I started learning more about mindfulness in general, maybe starting two years ago at this point, I will spill something. Like I'll spill coffee all over my kitchen, let's say. And me four years ago would probably get so frustrated and be like, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> and then me now is like, okay, let's take a breath and use this as an opportunity to like train my mind that this is not a big deal and we're just going to clean it up and move on. And the more you do that, it trains your mind to have healthier reactions. And you can control your responses, but you can't control what's happening in life to your point. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I know I said, I know what mindful movement is, but I understand that that's just part of what I do in my day-to-day job. So I understand it. But for any listeners who don't know on the flip side, what mindful movement is, can you tell us what that is? So mindful movement is very similar to mindful productivity or mindful journaling. It's being able to start to really understand your, your body, right? Because when we're, we're moving our body, we go to the gym, we just kind of get into a routine. But when you're able to kind of tune in to your body and the sensations in your body, now you're able to get even a better workout, right? Because you're, you're starting to understand what that is when you're in the gym or even when, when you're, you're eating food, right? Like when you're eating food, most of the time, especially if it's something like you really enjoy eating, you, you just eat it really quickly and you, you don't really yeah. enjoy the, the texture, the flavor of the food. Right. So when you're 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 eating mindfully, you're really enjoying the food and you can even take it a step further and start to think about like, I, I'm just curious. And that's where it, it, it really leads to. It's moving towards curiosity. I'm curious as to where is this food sourced? Like, I'm curious to know, like, where was this food sourced? And you start to think about those things and you really enjoy. And that that's really advanced. Like when you start to get to that level where you're taking it a step further about like where the food sourced and you are mindful of like how you're, what you're putting into your body, what type of workouts you're doing, things like that is a, a, a huge shift. Because oftentimes we just go to the gym and we're like, oh, I'm so tired. I don't even feel like going today. Or why do I, I, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to go in and out. But you're not very intentional about what it is you're going to the gym doing. And that's what mindful movement is all about, is being very intentional. Like, I'm going to go to the gym today, and I'm going to work out my legs. And when I'm journaling that day, and I'm writing down what I'm going to be doing, I'm very descriptive. Like I'm, I'm going to be in the gym. There's going to be sweat beating down my face as I'm doing my movement, and I'm going to smell the the disgusting like body odor in the gym. Like I'm very descriptive, so that way I, I'm really mindful of what type of workout I want to try to accomplish, right? And that's a shift from. I needed to go to the gym because I want to go to this pool party and I want to have these amazing abs. And if like that is a results driven, but instead it's important to really be mindful in the moment 
And as you're doing the movement every single day, you will get better results. Like you will get better results and it becomes a source of enjoyment opposed to I have to go to the gym, but it's more I get to go to the gym and I'm excited because I'm seeing progress and it becomes something of, of, of a joy, not of a duty. Does that make sense? Yeah, completely. I mean, it's everything we talk about is about shifting your mindset. Like every, I feel like every, everything we're touching on is about shifting your mindset. And I actually think that's a great tip for anyone who is intimidated by the gym or, you know, has, has sort of fallen off track and, and is dreading that feeling of like, you know, when you go into a workout class or the gym and your mind is saying, you know, when you're in your mind instead of your body, you could be like, I'm so out of shape. Oh, this hurts. I want to go. If I go right now, you know, like all of those negative thoughts and the feet negative feedback loop. But if you switch it to actually mindfully, intentionally thinking about what the sensations you're feeling in your body and like, oh, this is a new sensation. That must mean I'm getting stronger or X, Y, Z. So I, I think that's a great tip in general. And I also think that's like something that a lot of people don't think about, especially when trying to get back into the gym. So I actually think that's super helpful in for every single person, not only in being mindful, but just, just in having a mindset shift in general on, on these things that we dread. But it's like, no, I get to do this. I get to make this change. I get to feel, you know, my muscles breaking down. And, and I think that's super important. No, and I agree. And I noticed that individuals that grew up playing sports, it's much easier to transition because you already have that mindset of doing some type of strenuous workout. And I noticed that in the, especially individuals that went on to collegiate levels or professional levels, it's easy to transition to working out because they have done that their whole life. They consistently have done that. And it's a challenge for individuals that never really worked out or never were gravitated towards sports to all of a sudden like get a membership and start going to the gym. And that kind of goes hand in hand to what we spoke about earlier about those traumatic experiences. Like if you had an upbringing where it was just a series of traumatic experiences, that's going to be a difficult mindset shift to shift to like, okay, be more present, do yoga and do all these things. Right. So I would encourage anyone, whether they're on, on that level or on a level of being able to do it easily to just start small. And, and that's something where we don't often hear because the key is to really stay consistent, whatever practice we do, the consistency is going to turn it into a habit. So when we start to cultivate mindfulness, when we start to cultivate our ability to have more self-love, have more self-compassion, it really is important to be consistent with that practice. Absolutely. And just on the mindful movement note, I wanted to mention something I do mentally, which is while I'm working out, if something's super difficult or super strenuous or like I'm holding a plank, let's say like something super still where you can easily just get into your mind, I have this mindset shift of like, if I can allow my body to, you know, 
suffer through this pain and get stronger, it's going to make me mentally stronger too. So anything that comes my way, if I was able to, you know, finish this workout after an hour and like put my all into it when I thought I couldn't, I'm able to get through anything, you know, in traumas in the outside world, any challenges that come my way, because I'm strengthening my mind during the workout as well. Yeah, you can even think of something positive. It doesn't necessarily have to be something like that's going to drive you even further to you can even shift your your mind when you're doing the plank to something that's like enjoyable, like in that in that moment and and shift away from like, I, I need to get this done in the 60 seconds or two minutes that you're trying to go get through through that pain. Yeah, the power of the mind is crazy. <laughs> no, 100%. And the more you do certain things like try different things, if you really start to shift your mind to curiosity, like uh, I'm, I'm constantly looking at things from a curious mind. Because even with that, that's a mindset is looking at things from curiosity and wanting to know more about certain things and open to like cold showers and things like that, that will have benefits that necessarily you may not really think about. Right. And just looking at things from that lens can open up your, your mind. It's truly just all about changing your mindset. So I'm so glad that we started this with like, how can we change our mindset? And it's all about, you know, training your mind because it's crazy. Like we're talking about how to get a good workout in and how to, you know, finish that plank for a full minute. And it all goes back to your mindset. So it's really, I mean, it's, it's so powerful. And I think that all goes back to like why these mindful practices are, you know, not just something that's trendy right now, but something that can actually change your life and how you go about your life. So I do want to get your thoughts before we go into the ending segment on I find it interesting when people talk about mindfulness from a science-based perspective and a neuroscience approach like yourself, getting your thoughts on some of these more spiritual ideas. So I want to ask you about some more spiritual or like trendy buzzwords and your thoughts on them from your neuroscience perspective. So what are your thoughts on manifestation? (laughs) So I, we're, we're hearing a lot of like law of attraction and, and things related to that. And I do believe that it is something that happens. Like the more you focus on something, you're going to attract that. So it is real in that sense. But where I disagree with just the terminology is when you just visualize it and you don't take action, it's not going to happen. Like you can think about whatever you want, whatever you want to attract. You can think about it over and over again. But if you don't take action, which that's the science, the science is trying to meet the spirituality of it. So that is the visualization. Like I'm, th- I'm thinking about it. I see it. But the next step is you have to take action. And part of that action is starting with being grateful for what you currently have and then taking small, actionable, purposeful steps towards whatever that is. And then everything kind of aligns. And that alignment that we hear often hear is when things are just kind of pieced together and it's not forced. You're kind of in this flow and everything is moving in, in, in a certain way. 
And it doesn't mean that life is going to be perfect because there's there's no such thing. There's nothing that's going to be exactly how you plan. And oftentimes it may it may be even better than what you thought it was going to be. And those are oftentimes the best experiences when it wasn't expected. And then it just kind of happened. At least from my experience is those moments where you weren't really expecting it to the outcome to go in that direction. And it just happened. And a lot of times we, we label that as, see, I, I manifested this and I drew it <laughs> to me. Right. <laughs> so it, what, what essentially I want to emphasize is yes, it's important to visualize, focus on what you want. You will attract it, but it's important to take action, action every single day, staying consistent, and just have unwavering faith and have align it to purposeful action. Yeah, I completely agree. I like to use visualization as more of a motivating tool. So, you know, I feel it in my body. I feel like the excitement that comes from visualizing that dream and then it motivates me to take action. So I completely agree. So what are your thoughts on that note when we're talking about not taking action on the idea of surrendering? So surrendering to just life in general is good, right? Because it's important not to force anything. It's important that we don't force anything in life. And when we have uncomfortable emotions that will surface or we're faced with challenges in life, we tend to want to force things and push it towards comfort. So I encourage people and I also seek discomfort. Like I go out and I seek discomfort, not for the sake of the pain or the suffering, because it's not really about like, well, I, I'm if I suffer enough, then then that is what I want because then I'll I'll be stronger. But knowing that you're going to be okay if you push towards those times where it is challenging. Because oftentimes when we push through challenges, at least from my experience, I know that every time that I pushed through a challenge that I was faced with, not only was I stronger mentally and emotionally, but I also was able to overcome additional challenges that I was faced with. Because one thing that we all have in common is we're going to be faced with some type of challenge in life. And it could range. And the way we respond to that challenge is more important. So just being able to flow and not force things is key. So what is what are your thoughts on the importance of a consistent morning routine? So my morning routine and night routine is essential. Like there's there's <laughs> there's no no deviating from it. I may deviate from maybe working out a little bit later because something comes up, but my morning routine and night routine are crucial. And my morning routine really starts at night. So like it's as simple as like I shut down my phone. Like I don't watch TV. I don't access my phone, any electronic an hour before I go to bed. And I really start to, to think about what I want to do the, the next day. And I, and I write down those thoughts and I really get into a routine on a simple level. It's, it's more in depth, 
but on a simple level, that night routine sparks my morning routine. And then I get into my morning routine with, with journaling, movement, drinking water, and really uh, getting my, my mind ready for the day because I don't know what I'm going to be faced with. But when I'm preparing my, myself and I start to do this consistently with my morning routine, I notice that it had a positive impact on my life in general. And it allowed me to build the, the, the mental strength, the emotional strength to overcome those challenges with ease and not have to force things and adapt and adjust with difficulty. And it becomes a little bit easier to manage. And it's all about managing whatever challenges you're faced with. So I always emphasize or I am emphasizing that it's more about managing than trying to fix or put a Band-Aid or trying to get to a result quickly. Yeah, I love that point. I feel like it's really come across this entire episode. I, I'm curious if your morning routine is the same every single morning, or do you just find it important to have mindful time every morning in general? Well, just in general, it's never like exactly the same. But right. what, I, what I have noticed is that I get into a pattern. And, I, and as, I get in, as I have developed that pattern, I notice when I am off track, like, the, for example, the other day I worked out at five o'clock at night and I noticed about my notice my energy was different. And that's what I noticed. I was more aware of my energy and and how I was able to do certain things the following day. So it's more important to be aware of your energy and what you're you're doing opposed to like it has to be a, a regiment that's like very strict because I'm not I'm not a, the type of person where it has to be very strict like it has to be done at a certain time like very militant but I notice my energy and how I'm, I'm feeling and I noticed that I needed to make a, an adjustment or a tweak and same goes with what I what I eat like I'm, I'm, I eat certain foods and I start to notice that when I eat this type of food, I start to feel a certain way. My energy is depleted or my energy is high when I eat this food. Like today, I drank a juice that had ginger, spinach and celery and my energy was like through the roof. Like, and I noticed that when I don't drink that juice in the morning as part of my routine, my energy is a little bit more depleted. I'm a little bit more sluggish. It's a little bit more difficult to maintain focus throughout the day. I want to take a nap. So it, it's all about kind of just adjusting, adapting, and it's okay to kind of fall off from time to time. Yeah. And as people are going back into the office and kind of how we mentioned at the top of the episode, not only going back into the office, but things are opening up, things are just getting quicker and we're not as slowed down as we have been the past year and a half, or at least as we move towards that, what is your last piece of advice for how can we not force ourselves? I don't want to use that, you know, terminology, but like, how can we prioritize our mindful practices that we've developed or that we want to develop when things feel so much faster? Cause I know for me personally, I was really into Kundalini yoga or 
breath work every single morning for the past year. And as I'm getting up and at it and like my schedule is different now and I have plans and my mind is racing more than it has been, it's really hard for me to sit down and do like a 25 minute meditation like I was doing. So what is your advice for how we can sort of train ourselves to stay present, slow down and keep these mindful practices up as things speed up around us? So my, my word of advice or insight is really not look at it from, I need to be more mindful, right? And really start to be aware of the words we're using. Even for example, I'll use you as an example. You said now it's more difficult. Mm-hmm. So now in your mind, you're thinking that this is right. something that is already a challenge and that you need to shift to make it easier. Right. So shifting that mindset, because I'm, I'm really sh- focusing and emphasizing that our mindset is linked to our mindfulness. So it starts with your mind. So being able to understand that this is something easy and I can find a solution to bringing mindfulness back into my life. Right. And it may not be that practice, but it could be a replacement that now fits in your current life, right? Because our life is constantly changing, but it's important to select a tool. That tool worked months ago, but now it's important to select a new tool that's going to be integrated into your life and it's just going to flow and it's not going to be forced. So you're moving away from, I need to fix this because this is a challenge but now I'm using this new solution that I discovered that's much effective or much easier to do and just as effective. And now I can integrate it into my current lifestyle because it's all about making our lifestyle easier and, and, and have more flow to it. That is such good advice because instead of just sitting here and being hard on myself about losing control of this practice I had in my life that was so great, it's like, let's just find a solution and let's find something else that fits in my new schedule because things are changing now. So I that's such good advice. And I think from now on, I'm just going to start asking myself, all right, how can I change my mindset? Because <laughs> that's just the answer to everything. And that's the that's the daily check-in. So that the right. self-awareness of being aware of exactly what you're you're alluding to right now. You're being you're aware that this was a practice that benefited me and being able to make that shift that it's it this is this is not you, basically you don't have to create a challenge. Like you trying to fit that into your life that's a challenge that you're forcing into your current life, right? And making that right. that shift is that self-awareness of what you're alluding to now and being able to respond in a way that's going to benefit you in the present moment. That is so helpful. I'm so excited for everyone to hear all of the amazing bits of information you dished out here. But let's go into the ending segment, fun facts and favorites. So the first question you kind of dabbled into a little bit, but what is your morning routine? So my morning routine, I'll just do the the, the watered down version. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do the watered down version. So I get up, I do a stretch. So that's the first thing I do is I stretch and then I drink water. So I'll drink water because during that night time, we are most dehydrated. So I drink water 
And then I write down using all five of my senses in my journal. And then I go to the beach and I, I move. So that's my movement in the morning. I move, I walk on the beach or I go to the gym. So I always follow my journaling with some type of movement. And I'm always in the gym in and out. Like I don't spend a lot of time at the gym. It's 15 minutes and I'm out. I do a high intensity oh, workout wow. and, and that's it. And I do that. So that way I'm able to start doing the things that I want to get done during the day. Okay. Two little specific questions. What time do you wake up? So it, it varies. So I usually okay. wake up at either four 30 or five o'clock. So that it, it usually varies. And that's something that I, I train. So I um, want to be honest with people. <laughs> like I used to get up at like nine. I used to, I used to wake up at nine and now I, I, I wake up at four 30 and it's something that I trained myself to do. Cause I'm, I'm not somebody that usually used to wake up in the morning. And even I, even the, the speaking it out, like I'm not a morning person. Like I just caught myself right now. Cause I was going to say it, I was going to say, I, I was not a morning person, but mindset shifting that was something that I noticed as well. And I'm not saying that I am a morning person. I just am focusing on waking up at that certain time. And when I'm waking up in the morning, I'm excited. And my excitement for life is what drives me to get up in the morning. And it's not something where I'm like, I, I want to wake up in the morning because I know that successful people do this. And it's not about that. It's about what works for me. And that's what I want people to understand is do something that works for you. Some people are night owls, like they love working at night. They're most, most productive. And I noticed that I was more aware that I was productive in the morning and it's in alignment to my, my uh, chronological sign. So there's, there's a certain um, sign that you are most productive and it's associated with animals. And I kind of did research but to not to deviate from that, but that's why I notice that I'm most productive in the morning. Yeah. I think that's an important thing to note. It's not just like, Oh, like you're a better person. The earlier you wake up, you're a more successful person. The earlier you wake up, you as an individual feel your best and most productive when you are getting up that early. So I, I like that you made a note of that. Are you still getting your seven to eight hours of sleep? Yes. That's, Awesome. Vital, like at least at the minimum seven hours. You have like yeah. sleep is vital. Like me too. Sleep is vital. I would not like get up at four thirty and I just slept for four hours. Like for me, right. that that would not work. <laughs> me neither. And when do you pick up your phone? Was my last question on the morning routine. No phone. I don't access my phone the first hour that I I wake up. Okay. So same thing at night, I don't access my phone the, the, the first hour. Like, and when I mean by access it, like I have a phone, like I think yeah. we often hear like, just don't touch your phone. Like I have my phone, but what I mean by that is like, I'm not on like certain sites or doing certain things and scrolling and, and doing activities yeah. for a prolonged period of time. Like I have my phone and I'll, I'll have it. 
but it's not something where like I'm glued to my phone. Like there were certain parts of the day where I'm, I'm going to be on my phone, but not in the morning or at night. Got it. Okay. Next question. What is your favorite book you've read? So my all-time favorite book is The Power of Now. That's, that's my, that's my all-time favorite book. Okay. When do you feel your happiest? So that's, I mean, that's kind of like a, a loaded question. So <laughs> like what time of day or like what activity? No, like what are you doing when you feel your happiest? So more like related to activity. I think I'm most happiest when I'm doing work. Like when I'm able to give value to others is when I'm most happiest. Yeah. Like now, like I, this, this yeah. makes me happy. Like it gives me a, a source of joy to be able to give value to others. Me too. It fuels me. I feel you. <laughs> okay. Lastly, what would be your last meal on earth? My last meal. That's a good question. Yeah. My favorite food like that I usually don't eat is either sweets. So it could be like cakes, donuts, or something like burgers, pizza. Like those are things that I, I would enjoy eating. So that would definitely be one of my last meals. Yeah. You'd have like a milkshake, donuts, cake, <laughs> and cheeseburgers and fries. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Love that. Okay. Where can the people find you? So it's easiest to find me on Instagram at I am Matt West. And then my website is IamMattWest.com. And then if they want to access my app, it's BoomJournal.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was so helpful, I know, to me personally. So I'm sure it's going to help so many of our listeners. Thank you so much. No, absolutely. I appreciate you. And I appreciate you providing this opportunity to share value to your audience. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I would so appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate, review, and definitely subscribe so that you don't miss another insightful episode. You can also engage with the community on the Dare to Self Care podcast Instagram. So definitely join us all there and I will see you guys next week. Bye.